welcome back to Teachable Moments with April Podcast. I am your host, April. guys I wanted to come on here and talk about something that I'm sure you guys have heard about um and it has to do with um it's a topic that actually has always been um on the table for a while and it has to do with uh black single mothers and when different things happen in the community um that often goes to um, to that question of black single mothers. Are they the cause of a lot of the negative things that happen uh, and how they rear and um, raise um, their children? Um, or in some cases, some believe they do not raise them at all. Um, so I kind of went back and forth about it, of how to present it. And I went to Miss Mary and I asked her the question. And we've talked about it, you know, here and there when different things come up. And that tends to be the go-to. And um, I'm going to try to be, um, just present the information that I got uh, which can be considered for that that theory that it is you know different sides both sides at least but the question that miss mary um asked is why don't they ask about the black fathers so i'm i'm just gonna let that sit for a second why why do they always go to the black mothers why don't they ask about the black fathers or the black fathers and the black mothers? It's never, I don't know if you noticed that. I I knew where she was coming from with that. Why is it always the black mothers did something wrong? That's something to think about. What do you guys think? Have you guys noticed that too? If you're going to say that, then why don't they ever ask about the black fathers? It always seems like all of it kind of falls on the shoulders of the black single mothers. Okay, now in regards to the Tyree Nichols, um, it has resurfaced and it resurfaces all the time actually. But it was something in particular and it's a gentleman. So I'm gonna start with the people that may lean more toward black it's the black single mother's faults fault okay and i believe the man um the uh, individual's name is jason whitlock so i'm going to read some of the information it's pretty short from i believe what is this tucker carlson i believe fox news okay let me read the article for you and if you've seen it then okay Fox News guest blames black single mothers for the killing of Tyree Nichols. Jason Whitlock, this is what he said. It looked like, it looked like what young black men do when they're supervised by a single black woman. And that's what they got going on in the Memphis Police Department. Now this was posted um, January 27th um, of this year, obviously. Um, and it just says written by Media Matters staff. 
right, welcome back. So now we're going to get into um, the transcript of this particular um, newscast from uh, Fox News with Tucker Carlson and Jason Whitlock. Tucker Carlson, which is the host, says they really want to make people enraged, clearly. Jason Whitlock, the guest, said they don't want us focused on reality. Hey, if they want us to devote an hour of coverage to this and weekend coverage to this and they want to take us to a good place, I would examine the racial element of this because there is a racial element. And this is a story about young black men and their inability to treat each other in a humane way. Everybody involved in this on the street level was either 24 to 32 years old. Everybody. It was a group of young black men, five on one. It looked like gang violence to me. It looked like what young black men do when they're supervised by a single black woman. And that's what they got going on in Memphis Police Department. They've elected or put some some black woman in charge of the police force. And we're getting the same kind of chaos and disunity and violence that we see in a lot of these cities that are run by single mothers. If we want to discuss the breakdown of family that leads to disrespect for authority, that causes you to resist the police and run from the police and not comply with the police because you resist authority at all times because there was no male authority in your home. Let's have that discussion. But that's not where they want to take us. They want to take us down the path of saying, you know what? This is Tucker Carlson's fault. This is some random white. This is Donald Trump's fault. It's not. It's the breakdown of family and the buying into all these left-wing things that have nothing to do with promoting family. so now we're going the next thing we're going to look at is an article from the daily signal okay the daily signal um this blog was done by walter e williams who is african-american and it was done september 20th 2017 and the name of the article is the black family is struggling and it's not because of slavery let's get into it that the problems is that the problems of today's black americans are a result of of a legacy of slavery racial discrimination and poverty has achieved a certain status thought to be self-evident and beyond question this is what academics and the civil rights establishment have taught but as with so much of what's claimed by leftists there's the leftists again there is little evidence to support it so Jason Whitlock believed the same, that he mentioned leftist, okay, of a political nature, okay, of a, of a certain thought uh, process here. The number one problem among blacks is the effects stemming from a very weak family structure. Children from fatherless homes are likelier to drop out of high school, die by suicide, have behavioral disorders, and join gangs. 
commit crimes and end up in prison. They are also likelier to live in poverty-stricken households. But is the weak black family a legacy of slavery? In 1960, just 22% of black children were raised in single parent families. 50 years later, more than 70% of black children were raised in single parent families. Here's my question. Was the increase in single parent black families after 1960 a legacy of slavery? Or might it be a legacy of the welfare state ushered in by the war on poverty. According to the 1938 Encyclopedia of the Social Sciences, that year, 11% of black children were born to unwed mothers. Today, about 75% of black children are born to unwed mothers. Is that supposed to be a delayed response to the legacy of slavery? The bottom line is that the black family was stronger the first 100 years after slavery than than during what will be the second 100 years. At one time, almost all black families were poor, regardless of whether one or both parents were present. Today, roughly 30% of blacks are poor. However, two-parent black families are rarely poor. Only 8% of black married couple families live in poverty. Among black families in which both the husband and wife work full time, the poverty rate is under 5%. Poverty in black families headed by single women is 37%. The undeniable truth is that neither slavery nor Jim Crow nor the harshest racism has decimated the black family the way the welfare state has. The black family structure is not the only retrogressive, uh, uh, sorry, retrogression suffered by blacks in the age of racial enlightenment. In every census from 1890 to 1954, blacks were either just as active or more so than whites in the labor market. During that earlier period, black teen unemployment was roughly equal to or less than white teen unemployment. As early as 1900, the duration of black unemployment was 15% shorter than that of whites. Today, it's about 30% longer. Would anyone suggest that during earlier periods, there was less racial discrimination? What goes a long way toward an explanation of yesteryear and today are the various labor laws and regulations promoted by liberals and their union allies that cut off the bottom rungs of the economic ladder and encourage racial discrimination. Labor unions have a long history of discrimination against blacks. Frederick Douglass wrote about this in his 1874 essay titled, The Folly, Tyranny, and Wickedness of Labor Unions. And Booker T. Washington did so in his 1913 essay titled, The Negro and the Labor Unions. To the detriment of their constituents, most of today's black politicians give unquestioning support to labor laws pushed by unions and white liberal organizations. Then there's education. 
Many black 12th graders deal with scientific problems at the level of whites in the sixth grade. They write and do math about as well as white 7th and 8th graders. All of this means that an employer hiring a college, admitting that typical black high school graduate graduate is in effect hiring or admitting an 8th grader. Thus, one should not be surprised by the outcomes. The most damage done to black Americans is inflicted by those politicians, civil rights leaders and academics who assert that every problem confronting blacks is a result of the legacy of slavery and discrimination. That's a vision that guarantees perpetuity for the problems. Welcome back. So now we're going to turn our attention to an article or a blog that I found by Sincere Karibo. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Sincere, I like the first name, Sincere Karibo. was done January 2nd, 2016, and it is entitled, Four Common Lies You Should Stop Believing About Black Single Mothers Right Now. Okay, let's get into it. I can't begin to count how many times I've had conversations with people who recited some version of the real trouble or the real problem with the black community is all those unmarried black mothers. Kids need father figures to be raised right at me. It's incredibly uh, frustrating to frequently encounter this kind of message when discussing black poverty, injustice, and crime. Not because the truth hurts, as some would say, but because it's a mythic trop that both ignores and derails any meaningful conversation concerning root issues affecting the black community. About 70% of black children are born to single mothers, with the national average hovering around 40% and society still clinging to orthodox views of marriage and male-centered households, the wide discrepancy causes much disapproval and even hostility toward black women and their children. Really, it's incredible how far people will go to connect random or unrelated dots to support their anti-black view of the world. This type of thinking creates stereotypes or ideals that describe a group of people in oversimplified and unfair ways. Then it goes on to highlight single black mothers face sexist and racial prejudice from all corners of our society. This includes criticism from Republican presidential candidate Ben Carson, who recently declared it is very clear that intact traditional families with traditional intact values do much better in terms of raising children. Even though his message is ambiguous, we get it. And there are many who agree that the ideal way to raise a family is with a mother and a father working together under one roof to nurture and develop their children. But Carson doesn't stop there. He went on to say this, we need to face the fact that when young girls have babies out of wedlock, most of the time their education ends with that first baby. And those babies are four times as likely to grow up in poverty, end up in the penal system, 
or the welfare system? Which target demographic do you think he's singling out here? Without saying it directly, Carson went out of his way to defend stereotypes that place responsibility for black economic suffering and crime on the shoulders of unwed black mothers. Carson's so soft-spoken that the harsh dispense may be as seen as innocuous. But then I recall the words of American academic Robert McKee, who said storytelling is the most powerful way to put ideals into the world today. I shudder to think about how many people Carson has misled with his backward, genteel narratives. On the heels of Michael Brown's murder last year, Carson showed and shared more of the same condemnation for our out-of-wedlock parenting. The retired neurosurgeon reasoned that if inner-city youth, Ferguson's a suburb, and had had father figures, Brown did, cases like Michael Brown wouldn't happen. He then got more empathetic. Carson blamed the entire state of the black community on the lack of father figures. But this is where things prove more depressing. If I were just using Carson as an extreme example, I'd be pretty simple to dismiss his verbal assault against black women as the ramblings of a religious right fanatic. But his views aren't distinctly conservative. Unfortunately, the heart of this belief transcends political affiliation and it's deeply embedded in our nation's psyche. Propaganda faulting single black motherhood for any imaginable social ill related to black America is rooted in the intersection of racism and sexism and the perfect conduit for mass marketing propaganda is the media. Our main means of mass communication, like the internet, television, and radio play a major role in our everyday lives. Social media has quickly become the connective tissue of our culture takes for granted. When it comes to Black America, we're accustomed to be continually bombarded with negative associations to ghetto culture, interracial violence, and the welfare queen myth and black criminality. Chief among these is the tale of how disastrous single black motherhood is for our whole race. Most stereotypes are either shallow or sensationalized memes of black culture. Like virtually all films merely based on a true story, people are more enchanted by pulp fiction than facts. Worse, it doesn't matter how true an invented story is once it's repeated enough and and uncritically accepted. Such is the case here. This is how propaganda works. Propaganda works. When a subculture is constantly stigmatized, the popular view becomes a part of our mutual understanding of ourselves, regardless of the evidence. And because this false advertising provides an answer to Black America's perceived failings without referencing the influence of systematic oppression or discrimination, it's a convenient lie. For some, it makes sense to think, why does it seem like Black America's in such disarray? It must be because Black women are correctly raising these kids on their own. 
How else could you possibly explain all of these issues? Here are some of the more popular claims that have become launched in the everyday conscious of our culture. I'll discuss why they are not only oppressive, but completely incorrect. Black Number one, black women can't properly raise children by themselves. This is a very common assumption. When Ben Carson states lots of boys in inner cities grow up without father figures and as a result never learn to respect authority, what he and many others like him are doing is two things. One, he is encouraging others to think negatively about how black women are rearing children. Number two, he's pointing to the authority uh, figure sex, which is irrelevant so long as the child respects their parental influence. Because we generally don't see this said of single white black, single white mother households. I can't help but wonder what triggers this double standard. Okay, excuse me for that. So it was single white mother households. It's no secret that black women are among the most exploited and vulnerable members of the U.S. society. Patriarchal contempt for women, exacerbated by racist ideals collated into the fabric of our society, have destined black women to experience an exclusive form of misrepresentation. Because of this, black women continue to be frequently whipping boys within a system that both prefers men and despise black identities. History is our friend. We must remember that as the U.S. near the abolishment of slavery, racist stereotypes became more pervasive. To oppose social and political advancements for blacks, white social scientists, theologians, and journalists dreamed of ramifications or justifications for the natural inferiority of blacks and their subordination to whites. In the last two decades of the 19th century, there was an intensified propaganda campaign from scholars and writers to paint blacks as ignorant, lazy, immoral, and just criminal. Institutional slavery ended, but the damage was done. These beliefs continue to be the tradition of this nation. Troops uh, declaring black women can't properly raise children by themselves springboards from this legacy of deceit. And it's from these fabrications that we see the responsibility for black oppression, poverty, and criminalization placed at the feet of our women. It's an outright lie that denies the rigorous work black women do to care for their families and communities and often hostile and very non-supportive spaces. Number two, fatherlessness leads to inner city youth delinquency. If it isn't already obvious saying inner city youth is racially coded language targeting minorities without being straightforward. In this context, it's a more discreet way of referring to black people as poor and ghetto. It's extremely unrealistic to imagine a father is enough to obliterate a racial group's criminal element. This unjustified overgeneralization exudes and excludes factors that contribute to instances or cycles of hardship that would account for the issues people blame on single black mothers. You can't take a correlation. 
as cause while neglecting the more common causes. Claiming the absence of fathers causes lawlessness in black youth is misleading when the available evidence is only a superficial connection. There are numerous events or statistics that happen to coincide with each other, but that doesn't mean there's a cause and effect relationship. For example, swimming pool drownings and ice cream sales both increase in the summer. They share a relationship that doesn't mean eating ice cream leads to drowning. It just means two independent events have a superficial connection based on other factors. In the case of drownings and ice cream, it's the changing weather, a factor that greatly influences the cause and the effect. You can't conclude this causes that if you don't examine the relationship beyond surface appearances. Anyone who says otherwise is either misinformed or trying to sell you an agenda. In order to say two events are related, there needs to be consideration for all possible factors that affect whatever outcome that's being observed. There needs to be significant consistent, specific, and plausible information that proves what we see is something more than a coincidence and that there aren't other circumstances creating or affecting the relationship. The routine criminalization of people of color, hmm, the school to prison pipeline, and racial profiling are three examples of overlooked factors that hugely affect Black America in particular. These issues would persist whether or not a positive male role model were present. People who oversimplify the cause and effect process are usually searching for anything that proves what they already believe to be true rather than determining what the information actually says with a more honest approach. Number three, black children need a father figure to be reared correctly. The only thing children need to ensure they're properly raised is food, shelter, clothing, affection, and lessons in how to navigate through this world. It isn't about sex or gender. It's about how an adult can effectively shape a growing mind. When I hear people say things like this, I can almost taste their disgust, even when it's said casually. That's why I don't think it can be understated understated how much racism and male supremacy distort our views of black women. The Republican platform advertises and exploits what they term traditional family values. However, their views don't deviate much from the overall social mores of this country that support the ideal of male-headed households. Black women being considered incapable of properly raising children without a man's presence erases non-traditional and 
queer households, as well as reinforcing toxic attitudes about black women in particular and the inferiority of women in general. It's misogynistic and false. For whatever reason, there are certain people who believe that if you come from a certain background, raised in a certain environment, that you will always get a certain result. This is what's implied by Ben Carson's indistinct statements. That's just wishful thinking. It doesn't matter who the parents are. They could be remarkable and provide their children with the best opportunities. Their children are still self-directing human beings who ultimately make their own life choices. Sometimes people from good upbringing make very poor decisions. Number four, single black mothers are to blame for the state of black America. Hmm, okay. Victim blaming has always existed. But 50 years ago, it became the hallmark of a controversial and exceptionally male-centric report titled The Negro Family, The Case for National Action. All right. Daniel Monahan, then the Assistant Secretary of Labor and author of the report, was a well-meaning, lifelong liberal. Still, his ham-handed, months-long research concluded Black America was caught in a, quote, a tangle of pathology. The sickness? High rates of families headed by single Black mothers. He faulted Black women for the social and economic failure of an entire racial group. Monaghan's uh, work was so incredibly flawed that psycholog- psychologist William Ryan coined the phrase, Blaming the Victim, and in 1971 published Blaming the Victim by the same name. This book was intended to be a refutation of the Monaghan Report, which Ryan described as a composition of victim blaming that sustained order in favor of those in power, um, that is white males. While the Monaghan Report was greatly shaped and has greatly shaped government programs, perhaps only the occasional reader is familiar with it. A worthwhile piece with rich context that explores the problems arising from Monaghan's conclusions can be found in the Black family in the age of mass incarceration. Using single Black mothers as a scapegoat instead of examining the reoccurring social, economic, and political deprivations that contribute to the inferior condition of Black America is simply absurd. Black unemployment has consistently been twice that of whites for over 50 years. The rate got so ridiculous in 2010 that it received an investigation from the United Nations. Once employed, Blacks are paid less than Asians and whites across almost all industries, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. There's a major wealth gap due to race. Okay, even with black college graduates that can only be characterized as embarrassingly racist. The point, race affects wage and economic opportunities. It isn't that single black mothers are failing the community. It just so happens that institutional racism is the nation's way of life. Even within the sexist scheme that stipulates a man ought to him a household, the argument still fails when applied to the black community in this specific way. 
At no time did black women orchestrate a movement that rejected black men. Men, black men, didn't magically disappear. By 2000, more than 1 million black children had a father in jail or prison, and roughly half of those fathers were living in the same household as their kids when they were locked up. These unique circumstances, and not the failings of black mothers, are association and associated with behavior problems. Some think blacks drawing attention to when and how were subject to mistreatment is an attempt to exploit the existence of racism when it doesn't really apply. However, addressing the ways blacks are marginalized isn't an excuse to universally pardon our misfortune or misconduct. We must face facts. The way we, as a society, think about racial differences plays a significant role in suggesting single black women are seriously responsible for the degradation of black America. Propaganda stating single black mothers can't properly raise children is wrong, hurtful, and harmful. These myths endure because themes of a male-centered and white-dominated culture remain this nation's preferred default setting. In reality, single black mothers are the unsung pillars of the black community, the unsung pillars of the black community. They show strength of character, like Kelly Williams Millar, who defied the system to enroll her daughters in a highly ranked school outside her district of residency. They show courage like Tamar Manasseh, who organized masks, mothers against senseless killings, to self-police neighborhood violence. They're advocates for a brighter future, shown by all those affiliated with the Black Lives Matter movement, fighting for racial equality against what's really destroying Black communities, white supremacist capitalist patriarchy, and the institutions that sustain it. article we're going to look at is from uh, Afro, the Black Media uh, Authority. Hashtag word in black. Black single mothers can do it alone, but why should they have to when resources are all around? Then it says black single mamas matter. This was this blog was done March 15, 2022 by Sherry K. Black single mothers can do it alone, but why should they have to when resources are all around? Our issues often get pushed to the back burner, and COVID made it abundantly clear that mothers and mothers of color and black mothers hold their communities in times like this. But we should be prioritizing their needs so that our communities can thrive. Daniel Atkinson, National Executive uh, Director and founder of local nonprofit organization Mothering Justice, said, Mothering Justice empowers mothers of color to influence policy on behalf of themselves and their families. For Black mothers who need assistance, especially those who are on the lower rungs of the economic ladder, it can be hard enough to find them while they are busy rearing children 
being the sole breadwinner, and being the emotional and foundational support 24-7 with no immediate relief in sight. The adage, it takes a village to raise a child, especially still rings true for the many single mothers who have no choice but to rely on family and friends to babysit their children and provide extended support for them when daycare is too costly and many times out of the question. In 2020, there were roughly 4.25 million black families in the United States with a single mother, according to nationwide statistics. This is an uptick from 1990 rates of about 3.4 million black families being raised by a single mother. In Detroit, according to Smartest Dollar, 72% of single mothers are raising their children solo. Be part of our first ever audience survey. This is your chance, oh, okay, to let you know that you that what you think and how you think we're doing, who you are, what issues you care about, and what stories you want to read. It only takes five, oh, they want you to do that. Okay, five minutes and can directly shape our plan for 2022. Even beyond babysitting needs, single mothers look for more resources and assistance might not always know how to navigate, but there is help with several organizations eager to aid single mothers, especially black women, allowing them to blossom. Let's talk about a mother's justice. Atkinson said that mothering justice is an advocacy and leadership development organization that is concentrated mostly on changing policy through available dollars to educate the public on reclaiming what should be theirs through legislative change. She goes on to say, we want everyone to be aware of the opportunities they have given by the federal government and by the state, oh, in this case, in the state of Michigan, to relieve them. Atkinson said of ensuring things like childcare is more affordable. We're partnering with a lot of organizations and we think it is important to have one-on-one combos with the moms. Atkinson added that black single mothers are often under underrepresented, okay? I was also raised by a single mother, Atkinson said. Every sacrifice my mother made has made me who I am today. She added that the country is catching on to the burdens that single mothers have been facing for years. Single mothers are the people that hold our community so strong and do it so well that the only policies that make sense are the ones that center the ones that literally take care of the community. Atkinson said, adding that paid leave should be a requirement at companies and child care and child care should be less expensive. Child care should not cost the same as college. Showing up for yourself. Dr. Joanne Frederick, a Washington, D.C.-based licensed mental health counselor, told the Michigan Chronicle that some single mothers are looking to cope beyond the emotional turmoil that they might be going through due to the death of a relationship. She said it boils down to recognizing that the romantic breakup is a loss and grieving that loss is normal. You will go through the stages of grief, 
You may cry and feel sad and down and depressed. You may bargain with yourself or the ex-partner. You may get angry. You may go through denial. This can't be real. Ultimately, you will accept the change and readjust. Frederick said, adding that single mothers may also have to explain to their children the change in the relationship. Explain uh, age appropriately to each child, but be mindful not to unload too much on the children. If the romantic breakup seems to be very emotional, emotionally difficult, seek professional help to talk through the relationship and the loss and the recovery and the rebuilding of oneself as a single woman. Uh, Jenny Hutchinson, the director of Detroit-based uh, Sisters Reaching Out, SRO organization, told the Michigan Chronicle that her organization promotes proven pathways beyond poverty while helping financially at-risk women in Detroit. One of their programs, Pathways, is a 13-week coaching and mentoring cohort that uh, prepares SRO's uh, target population to access higher education or entrepreneurial opportunities, according to its website. In addition to coaching and mentoring, Pathways also provides many wraparound services that lower barriers specific to the educational or entrepreneurial success of low-income single parents. Hutchison said that through entrepreneurship and higher education, the program helps women through proven pathways to escape low-wage living and object poverty. What we're hoping to do through our programming is capture that population through assistance, she said, of connecting with other already established local programs to help even more women. We can open up a door for a young mother in our program to go on to complete a college degree program. Hutchinson added that the program helps hopeful college students also fight the barriers to finding reliable transportation while supporting the family. Lowering barriers is critical to ensure individuals we endeavor to serve are inherently successful and those two proven pathways, Hutchinson says. Okay, at the end of this particular blog and article, it says, help us to continue to tell our story and join the Afro family as a member. Okay, so I would um, uh, encourage you guys to go there and I will um, include, like I normally do, the information for all of the blogs and um, articles that I uh, shared here on my um, episode. Um, Yeah. My final thoughts... Okay, so just like with other content, this episode was inspired by pretty much on and off again references to uh, African-American single mothers, aka black single mothers, who are basically um, corrupting um, or are to blame for everything that seems to go on within the black community wrong. Um... I had to step back from it because a little bit because that's required. I'm an imperfect human being like everybody else. And as a a woman of color, 
and as uh, as someone that was raised by a very strong black single mother, I got I did get in my I get in my feelings about it because I seen firsthand um, my mother uh, raised myself as well as my two uh, brothers, younger brothers, and. Um, the different things that she has sacrificed and the things that she has instilled, the strong work ethic. I cannot say my mother is an imperfect human being, but she, to me, in my eyes, even to this day, is the epitome of, of womanhood. And um, no one's perfect. So when I hear something like that, it, 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 it makes me want to, uh, you know, get... Ooh, you know, and I think that's a reflex and I think that that's normal, but I do realize that I need to step back from it and actually look at both sides. Now, in all honesty, each side of this, out of the four articles that I read, what was the ones that are considered, um, for this premise that all black single mothers are other corruptors of black America, as well as the ones that are in are on the side of so to speak of black single mothers and empowering them each one of them actually has some have some points actually they have some points if you try to step back and then with all things go to god okay you have to you cannot make it it is a requirement. I don't want to sound corny, but it, I'm just speaking the truth. In all things, even something like this, you need, in all things, you must turn to the Creator. All, all things through Him and Jesus Christ. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. So, even though I feel the way I feel initially, I wanted to hear what the other sides were. Now, there's only four sources here, so does that, you know, represent everybody? Of course not. But it is the gist of it, okay? A lot of times people do blame other people, meaning slavery, the establishment. There are some, there are some, um, there are some points there, okay? There are on the other side of it. Yes, it is. But I think essentially essentially is that we must focus on who and what is behind the spirits behind all of this meaning there's a lot of influence let's think of it from a scriptural or biblical point of view the oppression that is felt is not indicative of just between black and white. There is a very real oppression that is going on. And the adversary wants us to fight with each other and to get entangled in fighting and dissension, Uh, black and white, woman and man, rich and poor, 
And then you get distracted again with that and lose focus of what is very imperative and very important, which is the spiritual oppression and the influences behind it. People being open to these to these influences all this time, you cannot say that the oppression that each group of people, because every group of people more or less has been oppressed. If we're thinking in um, nationalities, we're thinking in sexes, females and males, and everything in between. The spirit behind that, that has engineered that behind the scenes is the adversary. And he's going to want us to get caught up in all of that. Okay, he wants us to get caught up in all of that and waste time fighting amongst each other as he has always done. And then you neglect what is really going on and what has always been going on and leaving yourself open yourself and your loved ones to all this hatred all this divisiveness and all that just everything that Jehovah God and Jesus Christ are not about and that can be your downfall and will stumble you and he has been doing this like I said, for a very long time, and he is good what he does. But if you go to the Creator and you ask for help and strength and discernment through him, all things through him, he is going to allow you to see things for how they really are. He's going to reveal to you, he's revealing to all of us. What is the real deal? But it's a it's very tricky because we can get like we talked about, you can get very distracted and you start getting in your feelings. And that's normal. But you can't stay there. That's the thing. You can't stay there. Who is really behind this? Who is really the oppressor? Who has always been the oppressor? Does it just come down to races and men and women no it is so much bigger than that and that's when you have to step back and you have to look to self and you have to take it to God and Jesus help me to see what is truly going on what do you guys think enjoyed today's episode. Thanks for listening to Teachable Moments with April. If you did enjoy this episode, I invite you to come right back to check out my podcast and my other episodes. Don't forget to listen, add us to your favorites, and support by clicking on the link in the description. As always, be blessed and be well. Until next time.